Fried Oreos. Fried Oreos. I don't know, man. I had them, and they tasted worse than regular Oreos to me. Really? Yeah, you liked them? I don't... I just didn't... I don't yeah, know. I had, like, I had, like, uh, deluxe, uh, type 2 diabetes kind of thing. I took a fried Oreo, put it in a crepe, and put it in hot chocolate. <laughs> 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 Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank. I'm doing this at 12.17 a.m. Beginning the intro. I've already got the music, though. Music's down already. A lot of times I don't do the music until afterwards, and that takes about an hour and a half. Here's what I decided to do. If I'm going to procrastinate and not do the intro, why not fill that procrastination time? I've already checked Twitter a thousand times. I've already checked Instagram a thousand times. No new weird messages. I checked the fucking Facebook hidden uh, folder. Nothing's coming in. All my texts are caught up. I've gone back to them, gone back to them, gone back to them. Hit everybody I can hit. I'm done with responses. There's nothing else I can do to procrastinate. Now, I could start an episode of Better Call Saul or something like that. But instead, Ari, the smart guy, gets a bright idea. Why not procrastinate by looking on YouTube for a while for some good songs. Um, it's all about focusing your procrastination, you guys. Honestly, I woke up at fucking 11.15 a.m. I'm doing this at 12.18 a.m. So 13 hours of fucking wasting time. Anyway, how are you guys? So here's the deal. Today's episode, I was going to do something else, but uh, instead I'm doing this. Episode 261, you're a man now. I went to my nephew's bar mitzvah on Saturday. Teaneck, New Jersey. By the way, gentrification gets a bad name. Gentrification, you know, the idea of it, and I kind of hate it too. And there's two sides of it. One, you know, makes a shitty neighborhood nicer. Sure, that's, that's possible to me. I don't like because it takes away the flavor of a neighborhood. What I like is a little bit of gentrification and then stop. But that's not how gentrification works. It's more like a, a ball rolling down a hill. You can't, you can't just, you can't, there's a, I don't know what the fucking metaphor is. Um, should I start this podcast over? Am I already boring? I'll keep going and we'll see. Do I get any texts? No. Um, so what happens in is, like in the East Village, starts, okay, first, you can't live where I live. You can't live in, in Alphabet City 20 years ago. You couldn't. Not if you're white. Not if you're middle class. No way. No way. My Mac's in fucking infected. No, I don't need more hard disk space on this Mac. I keep telling you, how did my Mac get infected? I thought you don't get infected. Obviously, it's from something I clicked on or downloaded, but I thought I was immune to that. <sighs> 
This is what those people feel like when they fuck without a condom for like uh for like, you know, ten years and then they get herpes and they go, Wait, what? No, I, I thought I couldn't get herpes. That's what I gotta take it in to clean it. Mm. I want this Mac come out with a new one already so I can get this new one. This one's I've wanted to get a new one for two years already. It's still good. It's still good. White people problems. Why won't Apple come out with a new model of Macintosh, PowerBooks, whatever they are, so I can get a new computer? White people probs. Um, anyway, so that's one way with gentrification being good or bad. So it takes away all the flavor of a neighborhood. So the East Village, not the East Village, Alphabet City was super dangerous, then became kind of colorful and weird and like sort of dangerous. I call it a, there's a... Uh, there's a, um, you know where X meets Y? I forget what that is, uh, the math term, but um, there's a fine point in a neighborhood as it's getting better, but before it has gotten better, where property values have gone up because everyone's like, oh, this is the new neighborhood. Everyone's trying to move here, but the safety hasn't caught up yet. So this is a great place where, uh, in a neighborhood where you can't afford to live there, if you're like a normal person, you can't afford to live there, but at the same time, uh, if you are there, you will get mugged. Venice, California had that for a while. I was like, oh, this is nice. Walk a block over. It ain't that nice. Um, anyway, there's this other kind of gentrification that I just found out about that's happening in Teaneck, New Jersey, where it's not about uh, blacks and whites or poor and not poor, or it's a little bit about poor and not poor. What you get is all these old Italian families have lived there for forever. It's an old Italian neighborhood, not Italian like Chef Boyardee, not Italian like Sopranos, just sort of normal Italians, normal working class Italians, the kind of people Bernie Sanders wants to keep in their homes. So the Jews moved in and you know how Jews do financially. Do you not know? Have you not heard? They do well. So they started buying up these homes of the Italians and just raising them, just tearing them down and building brand new, beautiful homes. So every other home pretty soon started becoming these nice models. And then the, you know, the other ones in between are, are awful still. And then more and more Jews move in, the, the more nicer ones there are. And then they start doing this thing where they buy two homes. So they have the property on both, knock them both down, make a massive home. So the gentrification is happening in the suburbs where it's yitting up. It's become full of heaps, but they're the good kind of heaps. And if you do have one of those homes, guess what? You held out and now you're going to sell for a lot more. You don't want to be there though. Traffic is too terrible on Saturdays. People are walking around all the time. You can't get where you're going. Anyway, that's Teaneck, New Jersey. And I went for my, my uh, nephew's bar mitzvah. I tell my sister's. I'm done with this. I told my oldest sister already. I'm done. No more bar about mitzvahs. I'm done. I did it. I did it twice, I think. So that's it. I did the first one. It was like, oh, I'm so exciting. You know, the oldest, my oldest niece, my oldest of all those things. And then the next one came and I was like, yeah, I don't want to come. She, come on, come on, please come. I was like, I don't want it. And then I was like, listen, here's the deal. I'm coming, but this is the last one. So tell those other two or three kids or whatever you got. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm out. And I was hoping she'd spread the word to the other one, to Ilana, but she didn't. 
So then this one's having a bar mitzvah. Her oldest one's having a bar mitzvah, but it's in Teaneck, New Jersey, and I'm home, and I'm off. So you know what? I'll get a zip car. I'll go down there. And so I did. And I forgot what bar mitzvahs are like, what Orthodox Jewish bar mitzvahs are like. First of all, I mean the speeches. Could not be any more boring. They all have the same cadence. It's like this, you know, the, the, the Parsha speaks of uh, the Hakadosh Baruch Hu says they, it's always comparisons from the Torah to, to our time now. What can we? What can we learn from this? We we can also learn that kindness should be uh, exhibited. Uh, what can we learn? And then, or they make it about the bar mitzvah. You know, so normally, if it was just a Saturday, the rabbi would say, you know, Avraham did something, something crazy, and then what can we learn? We should, oh, we should, you know, he invited someone to his home. We should also invite someone into our home on Shabbos. It's what a mitzvah it is to be able to invite someone over to your house for Shabbat lunch. And then they just change that, and all they do is invite their other rich Jewish friends over for lunch. It's just a social thing. You ain't inviting people out of the desert. You all fakers, you Jew fakers. I'm, uh, I guess they're not even trying to do that mitzvah. They're just trying to be social. Um, but so then our bar mitzvah one, what they'll do is they'll be like, and so Avraham invited uh, his you know, strangers, Bedouins into his home. And so what can we learn from this? So too, when you're bar mitzvah, you, you invite your friends in and then they all uh, join in the merriment. It's, it's all the same. It's all the same. Or you'll get a relative, you know, who's so into the kid and tests some memory that no one else knows about. Oh, they're not good speakers. They're not good speakers. Okay, look, and I wasn't immune to it. I gave, my, I gave uh, uh, speeches at two of my sister's weddings. The older one went about 12 and a half minutes, and it was a bomb. I mean, a bomb. I mean, I don't mean I just didn't do well. I mean, I got the cold sweats. People want me to define what a bomb is. It ain't about the crowd. It's about you. Just like everything in comedy. It's about you. You know, when I was killing as an open micer, you know, it's four jokes in five minutes. If I got that now, I'd be like, it's terrible. It's how you feel. Am I doing well? Am I not doing well? It's how you feel. Is this the fucking thing I want to put up? Boom. Doesn't matter who else likes it, who doesn't. And I was bad. It went on way too long. Jokes didn't hit. Oh, so my second sister got married a few years later, two, three years later. Not even though she got married way young. Fucking two minutes in, out. Hey, we're all here. I barely know the dude. I forgot what the speech was, but I was like, everybody raise your glass. My sister, she was only 20 at the time. She got married at 20. People say that's too young, but it's lasted. It's been 15 years. They're still together. They got fucking five kids, and they're still together. Um, and so, uh, so I was like, everybody raise your glass. At the end, you know, I made this minute and a half long speech. Everybody, boom, boom, laugh, laugh. Boom, boom, laugh, laugh. Boom, boom, laugh. Everybody raise your glass. A toast to, oh, no, 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 Ilana. You're 20. You're 20. We're not breaking the law going into this beautiful combination of two souls we're not going to start that with a law break get some tape get some grape juice over to table one and let's get this started legally ha 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 good night everybody and out you know why because i had five years of training as a comedian at that point so i was better at it these people have no clue every third person breaks down because they're too emotional and it's not emotional over something specific it ain't like you're at a goddamn intervention and you break down. This is fucking nothing. I'm so proud of you, my son. 
you know, who's this age? I'm so proud of you, my student who's this age. No, you ain't proud of them. My grandson, my granddaughter. Why? What, what, they didn't do anything. They studied for a year and they fucking learned their bar mitzvah portion. And so they're like, I'm so proud of you. I'm going to hold it. It's like, there's nothing here. And that's why, by the way, everybody on reality shows, that's why they cry too. It ain't that emotional. It's just the first time speaking in front of a camera, in front of people. So you feel like overwhelmed with emotion. People aren't used to it. It wells up and you, you start to cry. Can't help yourself. I mean, I've told people they were really good friends of mine. And I started to cry. I mean, I had a talk with Bobby Lee once on the phone from upstairs from Duncan's office at the comedy store. I'm going, hey, Bobby, you know, you're a really good friend of mine. You've really looked out for me, and I really appreciate it. And I don't know if I'd still not an easy time. Oh, Jesus. What's... That shit happens when you're not used to speaking. And by the way, it's not just two speeches. There's fucking 10 speeches. I counted six, and I missed the day before part of the party. But the ceremony's fun. The whole the wedding's fun. I mean, not the wedding. The the, the party's fun. I didn't go to the I didn't go to the bar mitzvah reading. I didn't go to the reading of the Torah. This kid practiced for a year. So here's the deal. Here's what a bar mitzvah is. And by the way, on my way, so I'm headed to this thing. I got a zip car. 10 a.m. Pick it up at 11. Got to be at 11:45. And when I say pick it up, I'm in 11. I mean like I'm out the door by 11:10 to walk there and pick it up. So I get there late. Um. I'm out of clean clothes. I've been out of clean clothes. I've been running around. I haven't had a chance. I just finished press for This Is Not Happening. I finally finished on Thursday. Finally finished last of my press. I took over the Andy, Anthony Cumia show. I finished and I feel free. I feel free. We're doing another season. Shooting it May 23rd through 25th. But then I'm not going to edit it until October. Until I'm done with my special. We're, we're going to put it on the side. Everybody agreed, so it's cool. So I got no time to do my laundry. And I came from LA, and all my stuff was, half the stuff was dirty. I went through all my clean underwear, got here, and I was like, oh, I must have clean. I had the two pairs, went through them. Two days earlier, I wore a bathing suit under my pants. The day earlier, I wore long johns under my pants. That was three days and two days. And the day before that, I wore dirty underwear. Dirty underwear. And then this day, I can't wear dirty underwear to bar mitzvah. I'm seeing my mom and dad. My cousins. Oh, shit. I'm going to see. Fuck. I forgot to call. My cousins from Israel are here. Well, let's see when they're free. Yeah. Okay. I got to do that. It was nice to see them too. And I'm not going to go with dirty underwear, but I have none. And I can't free ball it, you guys. You can't free ball it on a bar mitzvah. It doesn't seem right. What if I'm dancing and the, the pants lower? You can't show crack at a bar mitzvah unless you're a fat old dude. And even then, but definitely not when you're in a family. Nah, of the part. Nah, nah. You can't free ball it. Plus, you know, what if I take a shit and I get a little streaker? I'm not going to ruin my pants. You know, with the amount of food I'm, I'm eating, yeah, I could easily have taken a shit. So, no, I'm not doing that. So, what do I do? And then I realized, oh, I've got a new sponsor, MeUndies. And they sent me, a, they sent me a, a, a display pack or whatever it's called. That's, it's not a display pack. Ari, what is with your words today? Samples. 
They send me samples. So I go to my mail. Boom. In the mailbox is a bag from MeUndies. They save the day. They save our mitzvah. Go to MeUndies.com slash Ari right now and you can get 20% off your order. Guys, this underwear, it's not cotton. They had a word for it. It's called modal. It's something different, but it's softer than cotton. I mean, I don't know how much you guys buy underwear, but they had some cool ones. I got a Heath Heron pair of underwear. I got some other cool designs. Um, they're soft, and they're boxer briefs. They give like a, a some space for your dick and balls. You know what I mean? It doesn't go straight down. It goes kind of like out, like the, like a like a jock strap is in there, but it's just cloth. It's God. It's so fucking comfortable. So thank you, MeUndies, for fucking saving the bar mitzvah. You can get a subscription, or you can just get an order. I'm not sure exactly what a subscription would be. I think that means you just get underwear over and over and over again sent to your place. They anyway. They have tons of stuff. They got T-shirts. They got sweatpants. Uh, they got boxer briefs. They got boxers. I'm a boxer guy. Occasionally, boxer briefs. If I'm going hiking, I like boxer briefs. If I'm wearing shorts, I like boxer briefs. Sometimes, though, the problem is some of my boxer briefs get a little too boxery, and then I'm confident. I'm shorts confident because I feel like I have boxers, on, boxer briefs on, you know, which feels briefsy. But if they're loose, they're boxery. It's kind of like when I broke my ankle skiing. The first half of the day in Whistler didn't have a helmet. I forgot about it. I just went out there, and then I was like, oh, fuck. And I asked John Baum. I was like, uh, hey, you're meeting me for lunch. Can you bring me a uh, bring me a helmet? He said, sure. And I was like, cool. So we met, had a beer or two, smoked a J. First run out, I'm trying to make a jump in the woods because of my helmet. Guess what the helmet doesn't protect? Ankles. Um, same thing with boxer briefs. You, you, sh- you show balls really easily that way if you're with shorts on, if you've got briefs mentality. But these boxer briefs are tight. Not too tight, but tight. Anyway, they're just really good underwear, you guys. They're really fucking comfortable. So uh, that's MeUndies.com slash Ari, and you get 20% off your first order. That's five. No, that's 25. That's four bucks off 20. Four, eight, 12, 16, 20. Yes. Uh, shipping's free in the U.S. and in Canada. I know I got Canadian listeners, and uh, yeah. You can say, and also, you can save up to $8 a pair with a MeUndies subscription plan. So I guess if you just keep getting more, you get more and more savings. Let's get back to it. So thank you, MeUndies, for sponsoring the podcast and also for saving the day with the bar mitzvah free balling situation. Um, it's unclear yet if uh, how MeUndies will feel when you do that dry hump with a girl. You ever have sex and you take your dick out through the hole in the underwear and then you get that, that vag juice that soaks onto it and then gets hard? I don't know how the modal uh, fabric will respond to that. Could be good, could be bad, could be even. It's unclear, so I won't talk about that, but I will talk about the rest. Very comfortable. Um, so anyway, I head out there. By the way, driving with this uh, fucking burner phone from Scotland, it's the only thing I have, so I got to load up the directions on GPS there. And then if I touch the screen, it just starts over. So... You just, well, that's not so exciting. By the way, Jews, okay, there's a thing. When they're dancing, when Jews dance, they put a mechitza in the middle. It's like a, it's like, um, it's a wall. 
a curtain, anything to separate the boys and girls. So when they start dancing, they can eat together. Uh, probably some super orthodox ones they don't, but they definitely can't pray together. And they don't dance together. And the dancing that ensues because of that, I mean, when I see the dad of, of my uncle, of my nephew, like dancing on the dance floor and like hugging other, other people, other guys, and, and just like just jumping up and down, I mean, it's just celebration. It's kind of like the dancing when, when a team wins an NBA championship or, or a college championship. They all get to the middle and they all just start jumping up and down, you know? It's just joy. And the reason is, my theory, no fucking other sex to fuck it up. You're not trying to impress anybody and get laid. The only time I saw like that was when, at the full moon party in Thailand. When I wasn't trying to get laid, I'm with my buddy Pete. I'm with my two friends. One has a boyfriend that I know. The other is a dude. I, I don't, I'm not going to meet anybody. So I can just dance. I can let it out. We're on fucking four different kinds of drugs and nine alcohols. It's fire dancers. Let's just fucking have a good time. Because sex gets out of it. You look at the girl's side. They're doing the fucking electric slide. They all have fun. Sex fucks it up. Sex fucks up a lot. By the way, this kid practiced. Oh, and so we're dancing. My sister keeps trying to bring me. Or first, my friend, my sister's friend, but I guess my friend too, tries to drag me into the, the woman's part. I'm like, are you crazy? And she goes, no, it's okay. It's not that religious, religious. I was like, I'm not going to the women's part, but you can if you're family, I guess. So my sister tried once. I was like, no, my bro- ankle is broken. It wasn't. It was an excuse. What is it with dancers when they're like, come, come dance? And you're like, no, I'm like, come on, come dance. If I'm sitting out. If you're sitting on a chair or leaning against a wall and everybody's dancing, none of those wallflowers, we're not waiting for an invitation. We know we're allowed to dance. It's assumed because everyone is dancing. We're choosing not to dance. You coming over and say, come on, that's movie shit. When it's like, all right, I will. That's, we don't want to dance. Whatever the reason, social anxiety, whatever the reason. It's just going to get weird when you're like, come on. You're like, no, no. You got to pull back. You got to violently jerk your hand away from a fucking relative. No, no. Get off me. It's like when you tickle, tickle an adult. I'm like, ha, 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 stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I said stop it. And it gets weird. Anyway, I went out there and I danced. So I'm dancing. My mom's out there. My sister. My other sister, we're like, you know, kind of in a circle. You know how Jews dance in a circle? Just a circle. It's super easy. There's no moves you don't understand. You just dance in a circle. It's pretty much walking. You grab hands of the guy in front of you. You grab hands of the guy in, front, in back of you. If you want to break in, nobody's like, hey. You just let somebody break in. Then there's, there's, there's like lines of circles. So there's an outside circle, an inside circle, and then a very, very middle. And that's when like just the father and son will like kick up or just the father and his friend will like dance or just the rabbi and the, and the, and the bar mitzvah boy will dance or just whoever. The two grandfathers might dance. Sometimes they'll pick the kid up and put him on a chair. God, it's fun. That's what they need at nightclubs. Just some fun dancing. Let's separate those boys and girls. I doubt that's going to catch on. Um, anyway, so we start dancing. Me, my mom, my older sister, my younger sister, just start, and we're doing it for being fair. I was going to say five seconds. Being fair, nine seconds. 
And then the photographer comes over. And she goes, hey, hey. She touches it. She just breaks up the little circle. And then we've got to like pose for this photographer. Photographers, don't, you can't change the moment. Your job is to capture it. It's just stay the fuck out of the way and capture I know a guy who works with Getty Images. You stay out of the way. You don't stop a concert in the middle and go, hey, I need, I need you to... You just stay out of the way. So if we're dancing, it's your job to fucking get on a chair and capture that. I don't, I don't know how to do it. I'm not a photographer. I don't have to know. Get the fuck out of the way. And like, well, now you know. Now you have the memory. No, I don't. Those are, that's a picture I'll never see in my life. Maybe, maybe if they Instagram it or something later, they'll send it to me like, oh, cool. That'll be in the next two weeks. They'll send it. And then gone. I haven't looked in my bar mitzvah fucking book in forever. And yeah, we have it online now. I'm still not going to look through it. Even if it was all digitized, I'm not going to look through it. But like, but you have it. You can always go to it. You know what else I can go to? How about this? How about we just dance for five more minutes? Something happens. We all trip. You know, I trip on my mom. We both fall. You get a good laugh. Everyone's laughing. Oh, remember that? 10 years from now, I can remember that. It's a good memory. You know? When I'm 65 or 70, right, that's only like five years from now. When I'm like 90 and my parents are long dead, maybe one of my sisters is gone too. I can think about that. I can think about that fun experience we had. We're all dancing at my nephew's bar mitzvah. And we fell and it was, it was like five minutes and we got, it was just such a great time. But now I can't. You know why? Because a photographer came and fucking broke up our time nine seconds into when we did it. Can you imagine photographers in the NFL in between plays stopping and saying, oh, no, okay, Tony Romo, back up, back up, back, do the thing. You pause, get the linebackers in there, you know, get your, your running back, get Witten. Oh, everybody likes Witten. Get Witten in here. Get the fuck out of the way, these fucking shitty jobbers. Be an artist. Okay, so anyway, here's what our bar mitzvah is. It's a coming of age. If you don't know, they have a lot of these ceremonies in, in different uh, religions, I guess, in different cultures. Uh, I know Manute Bull, when he came of age, he killed a lion with his hands, I believe. Um, quinceaneras, that's a, that's a, that's a, uh, a Mexican ladies thing when she comes of age. And the bar and bat mitzvah, the bar mitzvah is at 13, the bat mitzvah is at 12. Reform people probably try to combine them because it's like equality. Why? There's a rule for it for a reason. You're not, you're not getting the short end of the stick because you get it a year early. Um, anyway, so the deal is you become a man at that point. And um, what Jews in America have done is they have created this gigantic, I mean this gigantic party scene around it. Some of the Long Island Jews... Oh, they have some some videos of these Long Island Jews, these rich riches, and they rent out like Madison Square Garden. I mean, they go crazy. They get like top shot, like get like Drake to play your bar mitzvah. They spend like three hundred thousand dollars on a bar mitzvah. It's nuts. It's out there nuts. Anyway, what the point is is you're a man now. So when my father got a bar mitzvah, all that happened was, and this is in Romania, all that happened was. Uh, Maybe it was in Israel. It could have been after the war. All that happened was, yeah, it was after the war. Uh, grandfather goes up. My grandfather goes up. His father says one prayer. The prayer is pretty much, 
Thank you, God. You take this burden off me that was on him. What that means is until you're of age, all the sins that the son commits go to the father. So if it's some 11-year-old kid shoplifts, goes on the dad's record. That's kind of bullshit. But I guess it's your position like you have to train him, you know? It's kind of like, uh, uh, you know, if, you, uh, if you're negligent in your business and it ends up killing somebody. You know, where it's like, well, I didn't slip and fall on the, on the, on the icy pavement. No, that's a bad example. You know, filling a good example here. So anyway, he says his prayer and then, uh, and then everybody goes, Mazel Tov, and that's the end of it. He fucking probably got a shot in the side of the head. Said, hey, you're a man now. You ain't a man, by the way, at 13. Three years away from fucking driving. You ain't a man. Such a ridiculous thing. They keep shoving down these kids' throats. You're a man now. And they keep saying it. Now that you're a man. It's like no one believes it. It's just this fucking rhetoric that all the rabbis say. Like no one believes it. The kid doesn't believe it. He doesn't feel special. It doesn't go in. He goes, okay, I guess you say I'm a man now. But you ain't. You ain't. You're, you're not even a man when you fuck. If you fuck at 15, it doesn't make you a man. If you if you stab someone in the chest at 15, you're going to get tried as an adult? Come on. Not if you're white. Um, But these bar mitzvahs some of these kids have are so fucking extravagant. And my nephew's was pretty decently extravagant. I don't think parties should be like that. I've said this before. I think parties should be party. My, my the, last, the other side, um, the second kid that got bar mitzvahed, the one, the last one I'm going to on that side, he had it at mini golf and I had fun and the kids had fun. They had pizza. It was a memorable one. I liked that one. This was nice too, but it's such a, like a party thing. And they have a, somebody spraying like graffiti on, on hats. They had a, a fried Oreo thing, so much food and different types. It wasn't just one party. It was a, it was a lunch Saturday. It was a Friday night dinner. It was a, it was a dinner and dancing Saturday night and a meal. Oh, and dessert. It's just so it went on and on and on. It's too much. Spend that money on something else. One of my nieces or nephews. Could that be? Could another one have already gotten by mitzvah? I think one did. I think I missed one. Yeah. All right. I think I officially missed one. She's into charity. So her thing was everybody made peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and deli sandwiches and gave them to the fucking homeless people. That was their deal. They all got together and listened to music and made sandwiches for homeless people. I'm not bragging that's the right way to do it. I would never have done that. But this kid did. That's a good kid. And that's, you know why? Because you got you to gotta raise your kid to do the right thing or you get those sins. So you get them raised right at 12. Now they're on their own. It's like training wheels. It's like training wheels. But if they fall, the father falls. The mother falls. Um, so what happens is these kids end up... Uh, in America now, especially Orthodoxes, they don't just, legally, by Jewish law, you're a man. By Jewish law, you're a man. So you can have, you can do all the things you do. You start putting on tefillin, which these boxes you put on, on your arm and your head, attached to these leather ropes. I don't know how to explain that to you. There's some prayers in there in these boxes. Um, what I used to love doing with them, because you have to wrap them around seven times around your forearm. They go right on your bicep, and they wrap around once, and then seven times on your forearm, and then there's this weird combination through the three fingers in the middle, then just your middle finger. And it's weird. Um, but when I did it every day, you had to do it every day except Saturday uh, and high holidays. 
big holidays, I mean. Um, you try to tie them real tight, these leather straps, and then the marks go on your arm. You know how, like, if you if you tie uh, whatever too tight, you know what I mean. Um, it makes a mark from lack of blood circulation or something. So when you take it off, those lines, those circles stay on there. And I try to tie them as fast, hard as possible so the lines would stay on for, like, two straight periods, like through breakfast and into like first period and second period. Um, so there's all these laws you can do as a man. So you can leave the services, for instance. That's something you can do now at 13. You couldn't do that legally before. Women, when they turn 12, <laughs> you still can't lead. You're not a full part of the Jewish uh, tradition. That's what reform people try to change. But it, laws are pretty clear. God didn't say this is the law until uh, feminism hits and you got to change it. God just said this is the law. There's no changing it. There's no outthinking God. If you believe in God, he can't be wrong. So if you're a Jew, women can't lead the services. And you know the reason why? Because leading services is equivalent to being a judge. I forget how they equivalate that, but that's what it is. And you can't be a judge if you're a woman. You know why? Because they're too emotional. That's an actual thing. They're too emotional. They think with their hearts. This is the Talmud. So they can't, and I know, sure, obviously you'll be like, I know a lot of women who are very cold and a lot of men who are very emotional. Sure. But overall, I guess the Torah's position is women are too emotional to be judges. The side effect of that is they can't lead the services either. But this kid can because he turned 13. 27-year-old Bible scholar, Torah scholar, she cannot. A 60-year-old Torah scholar who's been studying it for 40 years, cannot. My nephew, who turned 13 last weekend, he can. So one of the things you can do is read from the Torah. Um, every Saturday, there's a, there's a portion of the, of, the, of the week, and that's why the rabbis give the talks about whatever the portion of the week is. Mine was Yitro, uh, Jethro. Jethro, my guy, I still remember. I don't remember how to... How to, how to how to sing it in Hebrew and this stuff anymore. It's, it's long. I mean, it, to read the whole thing in Hebrew, um, it takes like, I'm trying to remember now, like 10 minutes. Um, Jethro, when the Jews left Egypt, um, they took with them other slaves. Egypt didn't only have Jewish slaves. They were a superpower. They had tons of slaves. And they had all these other slaves. And they were like, hey, 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 can we come? Do we have to stay here? And the Jews at that point, they were like, oh, yeah, I mean, I guess you can come. It's not publicized, but it's in there. I'm serious. And so he's left. Doesn't have to stay hang with everybody. Now he's out. You can, you can come with us or you cannot. It's up to you. You know, I just gave you a ride. Kind of like at the end of, uh, kind of like at the end of uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Um, you know, when, when he tells John Candy, Steve Martin tells John Candy, he's like, all right, well, you're on your own. Then he's like, oh, I guess I can invite him over for, for Thanksgiving or for Christmas, whatever it is. But they got there, and now you're on your own. So Jethro, his daughter stays with the Jews, but he is like, well, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you definitely guys got out for sure. You beat the Egyptians, but it's not like you're dominating. We're stuck in the fucking desert. We don't, we don't have everything. So what Jethro did is he goes, I'm going to explore. I mean, you're the chosen people. I'm not. So I got to find out for myself if this Judaism thing is all it's cracked up to be. So what he did was he went around the world and he studied every other major religion. Every other religion in the world. He went and studied with them, found out all it is to think about it, and then came back. 
to the Jews. They're still in debt. They're in debt for 40 years. They had to wander for 40 years. It wasn't because they couldn't get where they were going. I mean, they went around Israel and just kind of wandered around. That was a punishment for the golden calf. Um, and then he came back and he said, you know, I've studied all the religions in the world and um, uh, I've come to the conclusion that Judaism is the right religion through an academic research process. Now, how did Jethro get to China? How did Jethro get uh, and study what the Native Americans were doing? Um, you know what I mean? Some unanswered questions in that. Some holes in the story again. You know how long it takes to get to fucking China? To walk away from everybody? Maybe get a horse? Maybe they gave him a horse? Maybe they gave him a horse? Let's, sure. Maybe they had some horses from Egypt. Even though I don't remember that being part of the Exodus story in any way. Maybe they did. Yes, it's the right volume. So how long is it going to take you to get to fucking China from Israel? Do I have a map of the world here? It seems far. Let's type in. How long would it get from, to get from Israel to... Okay, let's see what comes up here. Google. How long would it... All right, let me put this down. Would it take to get from Israel to China on horseback? By the way, Google did not fill in the blank on that. Trade routes, crossing Mongolia on horse. Ancient Israel made the great highways of the empire. Horse could travel. So Jerusalem and Jericho? Nope. Crossing Mongolia on horse. Uh, if you read the Mongolia Lonely Planet, it has info about this. Just to get across Mongolia. Just to get across Mongolia. Took him 18 months to get from Mongolia, middle Mongolia, to Hungary. Now, didn't have to go all the way to Hungary to get to Israel. He, can go, he had to go around that sea. Say a year to get there. Actually, now that I think about it, maybe he could do it. If he gets there in a year, I know he'd have to go further down, year and a half. Study with him for a year, that's two and a half years. Go back, three and a half. Yeah, but he's still got to study all the other ones, even just around that area. This is like three different religions. Let's assume he already knows the Egyptian one. Anyway, I, I don't like the story. I don't like the story. So, but Jethro comes back and he joins the Jews and he says, you guys are the right religion. You go. This week's um, portion was about, I don't know, some shit. Some shit. I don't, I don't know. I didn't really read that part. But here's what you do. You have to read from the Torah to the congregation. If you're an American, uh, Orthodox, upper middle class Jew, um, you read from the Torah. The whole portion. Some people just do like one little section. There's like there's like five different sections. Some people just do one little section. Uh, some people do all five sections. And then the Haft Torah, which came from a time when Jews weren't allowed to read the Torah. So what they do is take uh, something from the, the prophets that related to what was in the weekly portion. And they would read that. Some kids do all five sections and the Haft Torah. My nephew did. I did too. Uh, and it's nerve-wracking. Because here's what you got to do. It's not just you have to read it. You got to read it without vowels, 
and singing it. And there's a specific note to it. So like the vowels in, in, in Hebrew aren't, aren't like the vowels in English where it's part of the word. Vowels in Hebrew fall below and above the word. Um, so if you see a word, emet, it means truth. Oh, shit's coming back to me. I've been smoking two days. Um, let's say you saw the word emet, truth. Uh, that has under the under the e, under the aleph, the a, um, or e, let's say, and under the m, it'll have these three dots, and the three dots go e, so it's e, and then under the m is met. Uh, if there's two dots, it's kind of a, so it'd be like if it's three dots and two dots, it'd be a mate. Uh, if there's like a t, it's an ah sound, ah or a ah. So depending on if there's a T or just a line. Oh, this is so confusing for you guys, I know. So it could be Amet, Amat, Amat. It's so specific. And here's what happens. As you're reading the Torah, every other dude in the congregation is reading along in their books with the vowels. So they all have the vowels in their books. It's not the Torah. The Torah scroll has nothing. It's written in the Old English. The, the, the books that everyone reads from has new English, I mean, new, new Hebrew, it has old Hebrew, not old English, um, has the new Hebrew, the easier to read that we still use Hebrew. Yeah, that Hebrew, nobody uses that, those, those letters anymore, nobody uses that. That would you see, even in Israel, when you get a newspaper, they don't use the Torah Hebrew letters. They use modern typeface Hebrew letters. So everyone following along gets to read with the modern typeface, gets to have the vowels and stuff, all in there, and all they do is wait for you to fuck up once. If this, if the word is emet, and you go emet, or emet, or emat, in the middle of a fucking like seven paragraph long thing that you're singing, if you fuck it up, the entire congregation just yells out. So it'd be like. And you got to go back and start with the beginning of the sentence again. And there's no punctuation either. So you got to figure out what the beginning of the sentence is, correct it, because everyone's got to hear it. Everyone's got to hear it out loud, read from the Torah. So if you say it wrong, they haven't heard it out loud, read from the Torah. And you can't read it from a book, then you're not hearing it out loud, read from the Torah. So people are just waiting for you to fuck up. So me and my friends, it was just a contest to see who fucked up the least. I fucked up once. I had one mess up, which was pretty, pretty good. I was pretty good. That was, that was really high up. I think maybe Yaakov or maybe Herzi or, or Shmuley. I think one of them had zero. Um, probably Herzi. He was like the smartest one. But Yaakov was pretty smart too. Uh, and Simi was, he was, he was like me. He probably, he fucked. and then I remember one dude fucked up like 20 times. Once you start bombing, that pen, that keeps rolling. That keeps rolling. Kind of like, uh, you know, gentrification. It don't stop. You start getting the cults. Oh, no. Anyway, so you got to read. You also got to sing. And there's specific notes. So it's like, you know, playing uh, some Beatles song, having the notes, and then them just taking the notes away from you. And you still have to know how to play the exact right notes on every moment. And the notes fall underneath the, the, the words, too. So it'd be like, I'm going to find it so you can hear it. But by the way, before I say, before I do find it, I'm proud of what I just did. That impression from not having heard it for 10 years, 
That was pretty close. Now listen. All right, here we go. And by the way, I did get sidetracked um, with some Jason Williams passing compilations. But here, I found it. And this might actually be the Haftorah, which, by the way, is a different type of song. The same notes on the Haftorah, that extra little portion from the, from the uh, um, Prophets, that melody is different. So the same notes mean different songs, slightly, but, but, but plenty. Uh, I think this is from the Hof Torah, from Yitro, from my uh, Torah portion, but listen to it. So like that, Adonai, that, you have to say it like that. You can't just say, Adonai. You, you gotta say it, Adonai, you, that, the way he did it. Listen to it again, listen to it again. Alright, well you pretty much got the idea. Alright. Oh nice fade out with the drop down of the music on my just manually. Um, so anyway, what was I saying? I forgot. Man, those Jason Williams passes were great. I mean, the, in, that was the video. Incapable of making a routine chess pass. He just fucking underhand tosses to each other. Behind the back. Just even at the top of the key when no one's guarding anybody. He's behind the back. So you got to learn this portion. And it takes about a year. I asked Ash. I asked Asher. Who's named after my grandfather, Asher Anshel. Survivor of the Holocaust liberated from a concentration camp his namesake is now being bar mitzvahed and i asked him how long it take you to train a year a year of studying and i remember me studying it reminded me once a week twice a week excuse me first of all we got a tutor my mom had to fucking get a tutor she had to pay for her fucking single mother income had to get a tutor for me to do this stuff and then to make up the slack, that's like twice a week with the tutor, then once a week, Eddie Snyder from across the street, this saint of a man, on his own, would teach me extra, making sure I just got it right. This guy, Eddie Snyder, was a real smart man. I don't know what he did for a living. He lived in my community, so that means he probably had a Jewish. He's probably pretty intelligent, but more so than other people. I mean, intuitively smart. He saw my sister once at a wedding. I was like, you know, 25, 27 then, something like that. And uh, we're all at a wedding or a bar mitzvah, something like that. You know, one of those things. I remember him asking my sister if uh, she was pregnant. And she was like, no, I'm not pregnant. It wasn't because she was fat. And he goes, no, 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 no. It's not, I'm not saying you're looking any, anywhere. And she wasn't. She was real thin. She's still pretty thin. She's never gained weight, my older sister. Never gained weight. Had fucking... I don't know between two and six kids, if I remember. Um, never gained weight. But uh, anyway, he goes, are you, are you pregnant? She was like, no, I'm not pregnant. He goes, well, oh, I'm not saying you're chubby. And she didn't think it was. They had a laugh about it. She's like, why do you think I'm pregnant? He goes, you have this glow. This glow that I've noticed in my wife when she's gotten pregnant. They had two kids, the Snyders. And she was like, well, I mean, that's very nice. By the way, that, what a great way to get out of... Uh, if you accidentally ask somebody if they're pregnant because they're fat, 
and they say, no, I'm not pregnant, say the glow. Say the glow thing. It'll make them not only... Like, even if you start with, like, hey, you have a glow about you. That's a pregnant glow. Do you, are you pregnant? If you start like that, they'll just be like, oh, wow, I have a glow? As opposed to, like, fuck you. But if you do get caught, switch to glow. It doesn't even go from bad to even. It goes from bad to good. I don't know what that means, a pregnant glow. But he thought he saw it on my sister, and she goes, well, you're wrong. Week later, she misses a period. Yeah, she took a test. She was pregnant. He knew it before her. That's how observant this motherfucker was. He could see, he saw the glow of pregnancy on her. And he was confident enough to say, are you pregnant? You know how sometimes you don't want to ask somebody if they got a new haircut? Because you're only sort of sure if they got a new haircut? And the later you find out it's completely new haircut, it's totally chopped short. Last time you saw them was fucking a foot and a half long, and now it's like pixie cut. You know what I mean? He straight up asked her to her face, a woman who didn't even know she was pregnant. She was three weeks pregnant or two weeks pregnant or something. Wow. Imagine that. I remember I was there when he asked it. I wasn't told later. I was there. Anyway, he taught me a day a week. I had this tutor, I remember. He kept trying to tell me how to do it, tell me how to do it. And any, any like, you know, 19, 20-year-old kid from the community or 25-year-old can help and have extra money. Uh, once you learn it, you know it. Um, I remember wiping my nose, having a runny nose, and kept, you know, like, wiping with my hand and talking, like, Vinny. Oh, here we go. And then go, oh. and then going back to it. And then, and then oh, wiping my nose. Ugh, wipe my nose again just wipe my nose my hand just wiping away and then after and just my my hands the back of my hands just being like wet like nail polish looking like clear nail polish that's how that's how shiny they were from the fucking runny nose and at some point this guy this tutor goes go blow your nose and i go, oh okay and i went up and just you know got a tissue and blew my nose and and wiped my nose off with a tissue. He might have just said, go get a tissue. I forget. And that's who's a man? Three months later, that's a man? Come on, Jews. Oh, that was a good word. What was that? Oh, it's the double above. And then that other one right next to it. I remember that one. Oh, listen to this one. Not that. Yeah. That was a good one. It looks like a pitchfork. Um, it takes a year to study, and this kid, this kid studied for a year. So imagine how nervous you are going into that. You practice for a year for this shit, and then one of the coolest things happen. One of the coolest things happens when you're done. You finally finish. You know? It's the equivalent of like a Jewish wedding when you stomp on the glass and everyone yells, Mazel Tov. Everyone yells, Mazel Tov too. But then what happens is all the kids who were there cheering on their friends. Some, sure, I'm sure there was some of that like, I want to do better than him. It's almost better if you go first and make like three or four mistakes or haven't gone yet. So you could be like, yeah, of course he's going to beat me. Who cares? Plenty of people beat me finishes does his last thing you know let's see what that's like 
Here we go. Three words left. Okay. Boom. That's it. He's done. They might say the prayer afterwards. There's a couple like short things afterwards and before. Might say that, but as soon as he's done, done. I mean, those last, you know, five, six seconds each. As soon as he's done, done, everyone yells Mazda because he did it. He did it. A fucking year of training. And I ain't even about it now he's a man because you're, you, you're it doesn't, you don't have to do it. It just happens to you. You've turned 13. You've turned 13. So you're a man. It's kind of like you can vote when you're 18. You don't have to go through a ceremony to say, I, I, I can vote now or I can drink now that I'm 21. You just, you are. So none of that matters. It's, I think now that I think about it, it's not about, oh, now you're a bar mitzvah. It's, you did it, man. You studied for a year and you got this shit down. By the way, oh, I'll get to it in a second. Um, and as soon as I say Mazel Tov, the skies rain. Everyone has candy. Packs of candy. We had hard candies. You know those things that look like uh, strawberries on the outside, individually wrapped ones? They look like strawberries, the wrapper, and when you eat them, it's like hard on the outside, but then a little gooey on the inside. Not as as much as like uh, gooshy oozers from trolley, but like just like a little more soft on the inside. You know those ones, the strawberry ones? So they take them, but they're hard. They take a pack of those, and everyone throws them at the bar mitzvah kid. I mean, it looks like in Game of Thrones when everyone shoots their fucking arrow at the same time and it goes up and then the fucking just turns, turns black with arrows just raining down on people and everyone tries to be in their friend. So for Asher, they fucking do those sun-kissed, you know, jellies so nobody gets hurt, which that, I think that's bullshit. If you're going to go with the jellies, you may as well get slingshots and let them really fucking go for it. Oh, that's one of my favorite parts of the ceremony, the rain of candy. And it's just joy. It's just joy in this kid's face. And all the other kids are trying to hit him. They're all laughing and having a good time. Oh, it's great. It's great. I'm getting tears in my eyes. It's just a great moment for a kid. It's such a great moment. So anyway, he did it. He did it. Now imagine that too. You're reading this thing that way, and everyone's like, "Stop, stop, go back, go back." You said it wrong. You said "ta say." It's "ta say." Um. Anyway, so he did it, uh, and then we had the 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 the. Uh, oh, here's what I was gonna say. This is not happening. Season finale, Tuesday. This is a long intro, huh? Tuesday. 12.30 a.m., Wednesday morning, Tuesday night, 11.30 Central, maybe 9.30 and on direct on, on West Coast. I don't know how it works. Maybe it's 12.30 too. But on Comedy Central, the season finale. Guys, I hate using the word favorite, but it's definitely one of my top five stories of the year from Sean Patton. His last story they did on the digital, the first season of digital was one of the best stories I've ever had. If you go to YouTube, uh, if you go to This Is Not Happening playlist, you can see it. It's one of the first, like, probably five or ten, all the way down. Great story about Mardi Gras. I'm not going to ruin it. I'm not going to ruin it. It's it's just great. Coming and going, it's great. Anyway, tells a, one, of, one of my favorites of the year. 
He's on it. Joey Diaz is on it, telling his second story, closing out, as I want to do every single year. Have the final story be Joey Diaz. But the one you guys saw on YouTube, this is a different one. It's related, but it's a different one. Uh, and then me, I'm telling my favorite story of the four I told this year. It's my favorite and one of the darkest. I mean, when I remember this thing, I was like, oh, my God. It's, I'm a bad person sometimes. I'm a bad person. I don't mean like violence. It's deeper than that. So tune in Tuesday at 1230. And for all the stories, especially the unedited ones, that are the full-length versions. If you guys have been checking out the YouTube plays, if you see them on TV and then go see them on YouTube, I've, people have been telling me, the ones that saw it, like, oh, I took your advice, I watched on YouTube, and they're better. They're so much better. There are these longer versions, this whole sides that are hilarious that are taken out. I mean, the Jim Brewer story, a six-and-a-half-minute-long story on TV. You know what is on YouTube? 19 fucking minutes. Yeah, you try editing that down and making it work. A month of work just getting that one story down. Anyway, so tune in. It's a season finale. Um, and it's it's last week and this week are the top two, two uh, episodes of the year. So, um, and you'll see the, the, the story intros, the, the episode intros come complete its course. If you don't know by now, they're all linked. It's a one long storyline for the intros, all separated perfectly into individual topics. Um, and by the way, if you like one of those stories, reach out to a comic. Let them know how much you like the story on Twitter or, or Facebook or, or Instagram or whatever. Let them know. Make them feel good. Like it doesn't just come and go. Let them feel like, oh, it's resonating still with people. People are still enjoying it. Not just I did it, edited it, it's gone. Oh, it came on. Good, I was on TV. Have five of your friends say, I mean, a bunch of people reach out to them, tell them. Uh, Anyway, okay, so back to this bar mitzvah, what happens. So then your bar mitzvah, everyone loves it. Uh, you finish the services. There's still plenty more services to go. Jews don't fucking skimp on. You get there at 8, you're done by 11. Then there's a kiddish, whatever. I got there for the lunch. Lunch was fun. Um, I saw something that I'm not going to say here that is probably going to go into my act next special. I mean, some um, stop, stop, stop. Uh, and that's when some of the dances are, whatever. Um, drunk at a okay. So that's it. And then we had this party, and the party was great. And they had this tons of tremendous foods and, uh, and, and drinks. I, in mine, I had a caricature guy. He made a little, you know, caricatures. What kind of sport do you like? Baseball? Great. You know, big head. Small body playing baseball. Fun, fun times for everybody. I'm trying to think. I'm forgetting something right now. At some point during this party, the, the music was so fucking loud and bassy that the cops got called. <laughs> On a fucking bar mitzvah. The cops got called. Oh, I didn't do my dates. By the way, I'll be in Moon Tower April 20th for a 420 show with Kurt Metzger. We added it. At Cap City Comedy Club, me and Kurt Metzger are hosting. It's going to be some crowd work. It's going to be some stories. It's going to be some bits. Um, we have three or four other comics local to to uh, Austin that are going to join us. Fun time. Come on out to Cap City. Be high as fuck. Let's do a hunt for the edible while we're there. Why the fuck not? It's 420. 
You're in Austin, one of the coolest cities in the world. Come join me and Metzger. And then I got my storyteller shows at the parish, the 21st and the 23rd in Austin as well. Um, the week after, I'm in Madison, Wisconsin at Comedy on State. Friday, Saturday, Thursday show got canceled. I apologize, but no changing it. If you got tickets, call them, get it switched for Friday, Saturday. Uh, then Appleton on Sunday, May 11th. Added a show in Salt Lake City. May 5th at Wise Guys. Checking out the room for a friend. And I also want to play there, so I won't get to play those special. So why not add one show? Then San Francisco at the punchline, and then I shoot my show. God damn it, I got to work on one more story. It's not done yet. I got two good stories for next year, but whatever. Um, for tickets, go to arithegreat.com. You can see all the dates coming. Um, I won't be doing much material for my special in Austin because I'm going to film my special there October 22nd, that whole weekend. 19th, no, 20th, 21st, and 22nd. I'll be there. Tickets aren't on sale yet, but start making your plans. The end of the road tour comes to an end. Then. So anyway, these cops got called. You look out the window, there's all these cops cars, and it's like at a, at a fucking synagogue. The bass was too loud. It's in a nice, Jew, a nice community in Teaneck. Even the non-Jews don't want to hear it. And it's, I, bet, I bet a Jew called them. I bet a Jew called him. It's 10.30. We want to go to sleep already. Terrible impression, Ari. Um, anyway, the cops came and uh, they turned the bass down. They started playing other types of music. And they had some speeches anyway, so they could turn it down. I, I, I had a thought of like, what if the cops came in in like riot gear and do a fucking kid's bar mitzvah? You know? Fuck it, full helmet, those shields, those glass, you know, see-through shields and just in formation, just went through the crowd and just started with batons, just started busting Yid skulls. Just Kristallnacht too. Let's make this happen. You know, I forgot out of hand. But like, oh, just turn on that music. Well, it's a kid's reference. I'm sir, please turn on that music. Don't touch me. No, you don't touch me. He shoved. Call the riot squad. And then just, wow. That would have been, that would have been a fun bar mitzvah. That's, that's how everybody remembers your bar mitzvah. Um, and so that's what our bar mitzvah is, you guys. I don't, I don't even think I'm, I'm missing anything, really. Oh, I know what I'm missing. I know what I'm missing. Oh, a couple of things. So one, here's a new thing they do at bar mitzvahs. <sighs> they do a This Is Your Life montage. Listen, you guys, if you're out there listening and you got a, a bar mitzvah coming for one of your kids or a quinceanera or anything, listen to my advice. Brevity is the soul of wit. That's not, I didn't say that. Someone else did. Don't go 14 minutes. It gets boring. It gets so boring. You tune out. My brother-in-law said seven is a magic number. To me, four. Aim for three. Let it bleed to four. If you go to four and a half, it's like, fuck. You show some fun video. I get it. You have his home videos. I get it. Save it for his funeral. You can't show every fucking home video you have. Show him growing up. Show him quick, 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 growing up. He's still only 13. It ain't like he's a, you know, it hasn't been a fucking lifetime. They show so much stuff and they make jokes. And it's like, and look, some of these things, I saw a video of my grandparents. I mean, I got really invested in it. I was like, oh, there's my Safta and my Saba. Man, I hadn't seen, I mean, I almost forgot my, my my grandfather looked like. He died a long time ago. He died when I was 
21, 22. My grandmother died when I was 30. My other grandmother died when I was, you know, 35. So there's videos of all of them. They were all in there in, in the montage. And I, I, it was cool to see those. Full of life, you know, living like they were. Video is amazing. The fact that we have those capabilities are amazing. But don't get it twisted. Just so we have the capacity to, to record everything doesn't mean we, we have the necessity to show everything. Fucking three and a half minutes next time, Ilana. Three and a half minutes. Funny, in out, in out. You don't have to show every single person in your life. And you don't have to thank everyone for coming and everyone specific in your speeches. Just go, everyone, whoever came from near, from far and wide, we thank you. We thank you. So special for you to have us here, to, to have you here at our special time. Now, Bar Mitzvah Kid, here's the speech. That's all. You don't have to get four and a half minutes into it. So anyway, we're watching this montage. And uh, I'm sitting down. Some kid, not kid, he's like 20. It's loud. They're, they're on screen. It's loud. My grandmother is on there. My grandfather all dancing. I think, it, I think it, uh, at my older sister's wedding, actually. I think that's what it was. That's where the footage was from. No, that can't be because that kid wasn't alive yet. Well, I don't know what that's from. What the fuck is it from? If my grandmother were there, what the fuck? Is it, is it at their wedding or something? Of the parents? I don't even know. Anyway, this kid in front of me, the music drops. There's music behind it. It drops. And right when it drops, he goes, all right, they're all dead already. And people heard it. And I heard it. Then he goes, oh, fuck. The music dropped. He was making a joke. Distasteful. And he kind of turned around and looked. And I gave him a look of like, dude, not cool. Not cool. You're at the bar mitzvah. It's hard to write a fucking sketch about that. But everyone here heard that. And a lot of us know that person who died. Not cool. Let me stop for a second and tell you something while I say that. So I was displeased with that joke. If I didn't know my grandparents, if I was just a, a friend of a, of a um, I don't know, a friend of someone who's going there and they were just friends with the family, you know, maybe they didn't know the grandparents either. I mean, that would have been funny to me. I would have really left. That's the thing about humor. It depends on the time and place and depends who the uh, recipient is. So I didn't laugh. But in a different situation, I would have left. I'm not going to say that guy shouldn't have said that joke. I'm saying he said it at the wrong time to the wrong people. He didn't know his audience. And it didn't go over. Now, I'm not going to try to get that guy fired from his job. Because it was an insensitive joke. It wasn't sensitive. He wasn't being sensitive to the people who knew this, this dead relative. He certainly wasn't being sensitive. He wouldn't have known that, that I was going through an emotional moment right then. Reliving the, the life of my grandmother and grandfather, seeing them alive for the first time in over a decade. I haven't seen that footage. My grandfather, it's been almost 20 years. I think I might have been in Israel when he died. I think I'm, I might have been like, I remember kissing him for the last time. Was that? No. That's when I was like, there when I was like 15 or 16 for a summer. So that's how long ago it was. 25 years ago. Anyway, whatever. He kind of, you know, ruined the moment a little for me. He shouldn't get fired from his job. And if he said that joke publicly because he thought it was funny, 
shouldn't get fired from his job, shouldn't lose his job at NBC doing some shitty fucking mainstream TV show. You just say, fuck that guy. And me personally, if he has a show, I'm just not going to watch it. Now, if it's me, I'll get over it in a little bit. I'm not going to hold that against him forever. I could see the mistake he made. The music went down. It wasn't his fault. And I know I'm talking to the wrong people when I'm talking because I'm talking to people who listen to my podcast. And you guys all get it. You guys all get it. It's not up to me if I get upset. It's not up to me to relegate who, who should make a funny joke and who shouldn't. Those Amazing Races videos. Oh, by the way, there's so many kids at the bar mitzvah love those videos. Those entertained so many 14-year-old boys over the years. Middle school boys love those videos. If the people say it's wrong, you should never write that, you're taking away joy from children for ironic videos. Uh, I say no. I say no. I say no. And they go, it's not worth it to, uh, to uh, continue hate. It's not continue hating. It's, ma- it's mocking. If you think it's, it, it's, uh, that's what breeds hate, you're wrong. You're wrong. It doesn't. The words don't do that. There's no action taken because of it. Whatever. I got sidetracked. Where's my book with all my fucking details? I think that was all of it. Oh, nope. Sure wasn't. Sure wasn't. Mortgages? Well, I don't know what I was going to say there. Something about mortgages. I just wrote down a bunch of notes. Gifts. The gift situation. I don't know what I wrote with mortgages. Mostages? Montages. Montages. I was just talking about it, you fucking idiot. Um... Bar mitzvah kids get these gifts. Everyone gives gifts. And forget about the actual presents they get. They get straight cash money from a lot of people. My aunt and uncle, I had a rich uncle in Germany, passed away. Gave me $1,000. And you know what my memory is of all that? Two and a half years later, when my brother got bar mitzvah, he got $1,500. And I was like, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. How come I only got a thousand? Well, they were doing better financially. And if by for whatever reason any of my nieces and nephews hear this, the reason you didn't get a gift and fucking Asher is getting one. Um I didn't have money then, you guys. I didn't even have money to go to your bar mitzvah and bat mitzvah. I didn't have any money. It's not about you. Don't take it personally. It's not about you. It's about the place I was in financially at the time. I know you probably don't understand this because you've never had a job, but um, not everyone who you know has the same amount of money. You know how some of your relatives live in better houses than others? I live in an apartment. For a long time, I lived in what looked like your room with a kitchen attached to it and a bathroom. Your room that you live in your house, imagine, and oh, and not the kitchen you're imagining either, or the bathroom you're imagining either. I mean, like, just the stove area and the fridge and a shitty fridge, and then that's it. The counter's not there. The island's not there. There's no table in the kitchen. There's no room for it. Just, like, the side of one small counter of the kitchen just with the stoves attached to a bedroom and on the other side a a small bathroom was attached to it that's how i lived we don't all have the same amount of money anyway whatever 
So you get these gifts and they pour in and they pour in. I'm getting them a drone. Me and Luis Gomez, I was like, what the fuck do I bring my nephew for a bar mitzvah? I got to stop on the way and get him a present. And Luis, there's like a stand. He's closing out the stand. He goes, well, I'm about to go on. Um, I was like, hey, Luis, how come you haven't submitted a story for me? You know how hard I'm looking for fucking good, solid stories from ethnic people. How come you haven't submitted one? He said he's been busy with stuff, with legitimate stuff. I forgot what it was now, uh, the roast battle or something else. He was preparing for something. He couldn't do it. And he goes, but I have one. You want to come watch it? I was like, yeah, sure. And I watched it, and it was good. It didn't have an ending, um, but it was funny. By the way, a lot of the people who have submitted for my show, and thank you for submitting, I'm looking really hard. I'm doing my part. I'm not going to mortgage the quality of my show uh, for any sort of diversity hire. I'm done with that. So um, a lot of people think, like, well, I have a story, and it kills. Like, and you might. You very well might. But the reason I'm not taking you is maybe you're not thinking about this, especially if you're a newer comic. God, I got so many submissions from open micers. And I want to be like, guys, no offense. You're just not good. You're not as good as you think you are. You, you, you're not telling this well. I'm sure you're getting laughs out of it. But a lot of times they don't have an ending or it's just a bunch of meandering points or it just turns into like a bit in the middle. Um, and it just doesn't seem like it's a story. Lewis has had the beginnings of a good story. And I was like, and it, and it did well, but it's like, you know, wasn't like complete. It, wasn't, it didn't go to a, to a direction. Uh, and he got it. You know, he understands. So hopefully if you guys have submitted and don't, can't understand why, trust me, we watched all the submissions. And we saw some good stories. And we saw one or two really, really good stories. And, um, you know, we're able to not hurt the quality of my show and still have a, a lineup full of really interesting different types of people. Christians and and degenerates and tall and short and black and white and male and female and fucking southerners and northerners really v- full of variety so anyway if, if you're wondering if you're like well i have a good story how come it's not that easy people go like what about this person they're funny i'm like well they don't even do stories on stage or what about this person they have a good story and you see it and you're like what that's what it is with the Oscars so white. They go like there should be more black people on the Oscars. By the way, you complete I did this on this podcast before, but like a Mexican director won best director the last 2 years and everyone's saying Oscars so white. Fucking it's not completely white. And the problem is they always say Oscars white. Name someone who should win. Show me the show me what should win from an ethnic person. You know what I mean? It's not just oh, a white guy won again, huh? It's no, man. It's that, that white guy who won this year, he didn't win last year. He's not responsible for it being mostly white. He went to film school. He studied his ass off. He probably had a job. Eh, maybe not. But he might have had a job to pay his way through film school. Making student films that are shitty. Then making another student film that's a little better. Then working hard. You know, getting turned down for a script. Turned down, turned down. Finally decided making one on his own and it doesn't go well. He doesn't know how to produce. Then he's doing a little better. Then he gets a producer and he makes a movie. He makes a film. Um, thinking of actors, right? Or let's say writers. And he writes a film. And it gets made into a movie. And it gets panned. It wasn't very good. And then he said, no, I can do this. And he still stays with it. And 15 years down the road, after he started paying his way through film school, he writes a really good script. And you know who reads it? Nobody. Nobody. And it never gets made. It never gets made. But then he writes another script and it gets made and it wasn't his best. And then he writes another script and it's really good. And he makes it. And he gets nominated for an Oscar for Best Writer. 
and he wants to win so bad because he works so hard at this. That guy, whether he wins or loses, he's not black or white or foreign or domestic. He's just some guy who worked his ass off. He, it doesn't matter who won last year, the color of the guy who won last year, or if the guy last year had a mustache or not. It relates to him just that much. He's just a guy. And I get, well, there's a problem overall. Yeah, sure. None of that has to do with this guy. It's the same way I feel about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Like, who started it? This guy, that guy? Listen, there's a little girl without a father. Well, she would not have a father if, if the Palestinians did. What, whatever, man. This little girl didn't do any of that. Her home got blown up. Like, whatever you say the reason are, she didn't do it. And that guy at the Oscars, he didn't do it. He just worked his ass off to do something. And when the people are like, all the presidents have been white, Metzger points this out. Well, you know who hasn't been white? Uh, who hasn't been a president? Fucking me. I've never been a white president. I've never known any white presidents. Don't lump us in. Anyway, whatever. The point is, I look for diversity, not just in color, but also in, uh, in spirit. Um, Jason Williams, for instance, that's a fucking diverse passer. You know, he ain't black. But he, he, he fills the category in terms of that passing ability. Um, yeah, so I'm getting this kit. So Lewis, so he's like, okay, cool. Come with me, whatever. We'll go to Best Buy. We're going to get a drone. I'm like, what do you mean? That's the greatest thing about New York City, you guys. This was, okay, this is the late show on, on Friday. So we finished at 2, 2 a.m. Went over to Best Buy. Over there by the where all the fucking free hugs people are. Stop giving out free hugs, you guys. It's so goddamn hacky. Stupid NYU college students. You're not being original in any way. Free hugs. I get it. You've never seen that before. It's so fucking played out. I mean, like two decades or more. Probably when I saw it, it was played out. And I just didn't know. Somebody tell these college kids. They need guidance counselors to guide them not for their jobs, but for their fucking hackiness. Anyway, there's that Best Buy on 14th and like 5th. Open 24 hours. Why would you need a 24-hour Best Buy? Why would you need a Best Buy that's open 24 hours? Why? Because somebody needs to buy a drone as a fucking bar mitzvah present at 2.30 in the morning on a Friday night. So we go down there, we look at the drones, and they're way too expensive. There's only two, and they're way too expensive. Lewis is like, don't buy the $50 one. Buy like the $200 one. Go go good. And I was like, okay. And then we saw one. I'm like, but that's that one. That's like the two. Bring that down. Fucking $999. I'm like, all right. Well, let's go to the cheapo one. Fucking four ninety nine. I'm not Tata Lily. I don't have a thousand bucks. I make two grand a week on this fucking show. Not this show. I mean, on, this is not happening. Um. So whatever. Amazon's great for shit. Um. Anyway, so this kid had his bar mitzvah. It was a wonderful time. And uh, this podcast is about that. I interviewed the kid. I talked to Asher about uh, about what kind of uh, what he how he felt about it, how he liked it. Couldn't get him there. Used um, Skype, recorded it. I'm telling you right now, I don't know how to do podcasts over Skype. I figure why not start it, try it one time. Um, it's probably not the best guy to start it with because he's a mumbler. He's a 13 year old mumbler, but. Um, you just know that it's not the best. Put your fucking anger hats down for a second and, and just try to listen. 
Um, fun interview. Fun interview regardless. And he said something really wise in there too. So you guys will enjoy it. So uh, don't forget, uh, Madison, Wisconsin coming up. Austin, Texas coming up. Can't wait to go get Franklin Barbecue again. Uh, and subscribe to this podcast, everybody. Make sure to subscribe because I, I don't always tweet about it. I always tweet about it. But I know people forget. Subscribe so the new ones come in. You see them. Tell your friends about it. Let's spread the word. Um, so here we go. So yeah, Austin, Madison, Appleton, Salt Lake City, San Francisco, all coming up in the next one, two, three, four weeks. And then Baltimore after that, two, three weeks later. And added a show in Zany's Nashville, June 8th. Oh, what festivals right after that? Hmm. And there's no mention of of me on the lineup there for that festival? Huh. Well, I'm sure there's not going to be a secret show that's going to be completely non-publicized, just word of mouth spread around. Because what would be the benefit in that? If no one's getting paid for a non-publicized show, why would anyone do it? I mean, you'd have to have someone who just does this for the love of the game. And do you know anybody? Do you guys know anybody in comedy who doesn't care about money anymore and who just does it for the love of the game? Can you think of someone? Hmm. That type of person would be down there doing a secret show in an undisclosed location that we'll find out about through word of mouth. Um, so anyway, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Let's start the episode. <laughs> 80 minutes. 80. 80. Here we go. This is not, no, this is not happening. And tune in, guys. Set your DVR for the season finale. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. I want to hear about this story that you saw from me. I want to. I want to hear about. It. I want you to tell Patton and fucking DS too. But I want to hear about it. Tell me what you thought, ladies and gentlemen. Ari Shafir, Skeptic Tank, episode two sixty one. You're a man now. With my nephew, the oldest in his family, a five. Tie him up, Ilana. Tie him up. It's enough. We get it. We're Jews. We're back. We had enough. Tie that shit off. This is one. You're a man now with my nephew. Starts now. Just like an animal, I protect my pride when I'm too bruised to fight. And even when I'm wrong, I tend to think I'm right. I'm bored of the game And too tired to rage You can't hear me? All right, yeah, you can. Yeah. Okay, perfect. How are you? Good. Great. Why did, why did your neck go? Um, I'm on my computer. Okay. How bad is the echo? No, I can just hear myself talking. Cool. Oh, <laughs> very nice. 
very nice. Um, so listen, here's what I'm doing. I'm doing a story about bar mitzvahs. Really? Yeah, in general. So I was hoping I could ask you a couple questions since um, you recently went through a bar mitzvah, if I recall correctly. Uh, oh, yeah, a while ago, yeah. <laughs> Do you mind? Do you have five minutes? I'm sorry, yeah, I'm looking at Okay, well, we won't need that long. <laughs> so first of all, Mazel Tov. Thank um, you. How many times do you think you heard that word? Uh, about 412. About 412 times, yeah. <laughs> it has to lose its meaning after a while, right? Yeah. After all, so Mazel yeah, appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're just like, I know where you're going with this, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what was your favorite part of the whole thing? Uh, having everyone there was kind of nice. Mm. Like, you mean like seeing people you hadn't seen before, like in a while, or like, uh, yeah, you know, exactly. Like, it's going to be like years and years, and then you're going to see like appointments for Shabbos, and like, yeah, everything. Cool. Yeah, that's nice. Um, were you, were you nervous? Very nervous. Were you, were you more nervous during the during the trap or during the um, during the uh, speech? The laning, yeah. The laning, yeah. It was sure, it was like, like, after a couple, they're like, oh, okay, sure, uh, like, that was very, very, very wracking. Yeah, it's a year of training for one thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's kind of like the Olympics when you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, you get like, checks for like, making a long jump, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> did you get a lot of checks? Yeah. <laughs> How many? Did you start to open them all already? I bet, yeah. I had, like, like $2,500. Yeah. Damn, that's pretty good. That's a good take. Yeah, right. And you don't even have any costs. Your mom and dad pay for everything. That's all savings. Exactly. No taxes? That's all. When I make $2,500, you know how much I go home with? About 18 <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> it's not funny. The government takes too much. Um, I know, it's so stupid. Did you, did you do film today? Yeah, I did. How was it? Good. Oh, that's cool. Did you get the marks? What? Did you get the marks? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Do you see what I'm talking about yeah, now? Yeah, exactly. My aunt, my aunt has, my aunt, she, my aunt doesn't, she doesn't usually see, uh, film marks. So, like, the second, second dollar where we're eating breakfast, they're like, I'm like, Chrissy, I have, oh my god, I'm gonna be okay. I'm like, yeah, I'm totally fine. I'm like, yeah, I get burned in a fire, like, she was crying. <laughs> That's nice. Hey, what was your favorite present that wasn't money? <laughs> or did those not even matter compared to the money? Ah, <laughs> uh, I got Beats 2. What? Oh, Beats 2? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Who gave you that? And, uh, family friend. I was like, eight people checked in. And eight sets of people checked in. Yeah. And got me uh, $800 Apple before, which is kind of cool. Oh, nice. Nice. Hey, I got a present for you, but it's not coming till this week. Okay, thank you. 
Yeah, you're welcome. I'm not gonna tell you what it is, but um, is this like is this like totally like fake? Like if it's like a like a cardboard box, so God will be. Did you ever see that um, video of that guy getting an Xbox for Christmas? What? You never saw this? No. There's a video online on YouTube of somebody getting an Xbox for Christmas. Some little kid getting an Xbox for Christmas. Then he opens it up and it's just socks in there. What do you think so why do you do the Xbox? <laughs> I don't know. His parents were just mean. And they wrapped it in an Xbox box. And <laughs> he opened it up and he was so excited. <laughs> he was so hurt. <laughs> so mean. I know, because he wasn't even expecting an Xbox until he saw it. <laughs> he got his hopes up. <laughs> that's funny. Um, that's cool. Um, okay, a couple more questions. Speeches. Did you get bored by them? Uh, yes. Yeah, right? They're all the same. Well, it, it was, yeah, it, it was the best who was speaking. It was like, like, my dad speaking and it was not boring. It was like some, like, great aunt that I don't even know about. It's kind of weird. Yeah. I'm sure I babysit for you once you were two years old. I'll never forget that for the rest of my life. I already am. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> I almost fell asleep. I don't know you. I don't really care about you, but you're going to be check, so hey. <laughs> so you'll sit there and stay awake. <sighs> I won't snore. How about that? Yeah, I swear I dozed off for a second in, in the in the uh, right after Mar, whatever those speeches were, right before off dollar. Yeah, those were those were those were. Amen. Do you have any advice? Okay, here's one. For, a, for let's say there's a 12 year old, 12 and a half year old going into this, any advice for them? Anything you could have done different or um, you wish you would, uh, I don't know, taken more note of or something you were really happy with the way you handled? Anything like that? Um, I say. Like when you're at home doing it by yourself, like practicing mm -hmm. in the in the in the book, I was like, um, he realized with like with trap and stuff, and the tour there's no trap. So when I was practicing by myself in, in the, at home, I would cheat on myself. I'm like, I didn't really do anything because, like, I'm just kidding myself. It's a really game to that. Dude, that's pretty smart. Yeah, I mean, like, everyone says, like, don't cheat yourself, don't cheat yourself, like. And like whenever, like one of my like great uncles would come and like hear me laying, I'd be like cheating like half the time, and like I would just not be good at it. So like for the last like for like two months before my mitzvah, I just started getting cracking. Like I would just do like half an hour, hour of the night. You know, I'll just do it. Yeah, it's kind of like if you're doing suicides in practice and then you just, like, yeah, coach isn't watching, I just won't do them. But then the game comes and then the other team's running loop, like, you know, circles around yeah, you. Yeah, you're, you're running, like, you know, 20 feet and collapsing. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, well, now that it's over, what's next for you? Um, nothing. Really. <laughs> I'm joking. That's what they ask people at the end of the NBA championship. <laughs> you can never ask a kid that. I know what's next for you. Back to school tomorrow, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No credit. 
Like that. Wait, do you? They let you off? No, not completely, but I got like a, week, a week extension on the science, I think. Oh, I mean, that's cool, but now you have double the work for the next week. stuff and the, the DJ and the fried Oreos and um, I don't even know what else there was. Tons of other stuff. Crepes. Yeah. Crepes. The crepes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, oh, and the hats. The, the spray paint hat. Like, what, what's your fa- what was your favorite part of like the party part? Party part. Uh, it doesn't have to be your absolute favorite. Just what did you enjoy? Enjoyed fried Oreos. Fried Oreos. I don't know, man. I had them, and they tasted worse than regular Oreos to me. Really? Yeah, you liked them. I don't. I just didn't. I don't yeah, know. I like. I like uh, deluxe uh, type two diabetes kind of thing. I took a fried Oreo, put it in a crepe, and put it in hot chocolate. <laughs> 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 uh, I like that. I don't know if you're like, I have two diabetes, here I come. Oh, very nice. I don't know, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I almost forgot the the, the one question I wanted to ask. Um, but then, then I'll let you go. Do you, okay. I know they tell you this the whole time you're doing this bar mitzvah. Do you feel like a man now? Or, or is that just uh, a load? Yeah, you're still the same, right? You look at seniors in high school is way older than you, right? It's not like, it's not like you go in Thursday night, nothing happened. Friday, nothing happened. Like Friday night, nothing happened. And when the three stars comes out, you like grow three inches, Chris facial hair. Like, no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they kind of tell you the, the, uh, that's kind of a lie. They keep spreading. <laughs> they so, they told me that too. <laughs> it's true. You will become a man. Like, no, no, I'm not. Yeah, a man who can't drive for three years and can't vote for five years. I do not have a full-time job. I want a food and shelter. Nothing changed at all. That's a great point. That's a great point. All right, Ash. Well... Okay, Thank you. That's very helpful for my research. Are you doing a comedy show? Am I? No, I'm doing like a, a podcast about it. Oh, cool. Yeah, it just reminded me of all the stuff when I saw it all yesterday. Cool. Yeah, I had a great time though. I really had a good time yeah. seeing everybody. Thanks. Everyone had a great time. Yeah. All right, buddy. Okay, I need you all. Bye. You're welcome. Bye. Congrats.
That's the episode, you guys. Did you enjoy it? <laughs> see what I did there? You see what I did? I think you did. If you uh, were able to last through the fucking bad audio from Audacity. I know there's a way to record on uh, on Skype, which better quality. I did some research. It was quick, and I had to make the phone call. The kid goes to sleep at 9 p.m. I wanted to get it out on Monday. So, uh... But I think I could do some research. If anybody knows how, give me, lend me a hand. Let me know how it's done um, in a better quality. I mean, I guess I have money now. Some money comes into this podcast. So, so um, yeah, I can buy a program. You know how foreign that is to my mind of, of actually paying for a program? I mean, when I need a final draft for screenwriting or, or an editing software, it's just like, who has it? Can I copy it? Who, you know, who, who, who can, I, can I get a crack? Can I download it? I remember Rogan. I used his uh, Microsoft Office to use Word and Excel. I used his Microsoft Office for the longest time. And then when we were in the same hotel, he let me borrow it. You know, He's like, yeah, put it on your computer. I was like, fuck yeah, man. Rogan was so cool to me so many times. Oh, God damn it, I still got to do my fucking physical therapy exercises. He was so cool for so long. I was like, hey, man, can I use your, your office, can I, your program? Because mine is out of date. It was like the 10-year-old version, and it was no longer working. He goes, yeah, sure, I have the disc. Put it in. What the hell is that? Oh, it's the, it's the radiator. Uh, but then we were on the same Wi-Fi in a hotel. When I got on Word, it kicked him off Word. He called me or texted me once. He goes, Ari, 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 we're, we're using the same... We're using the same disc, so we, we can't both be on there. So you're kicking me off. You got to get off because he's typing. And I was like, oh, fuck, fuck. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. And I could see Rogan being annoyed by that. You know, you do a nice thing for somebody and then it comes back to hurt you. Not that much. You know, he told me, but it's an annoyance. He doesn't want to deal with it. This was in, that was in Tempe, Arizona. I remember that. Anyway, next day we're at a mall walking around. Me, him, Red Band, maybe Duncan, maybe Diaz. I forget. Probably Diaz, I think. And uh, it's back in the Coke days of Diaz. Where'd Diaz go? He had to pick up a package and come back. <laughs> you know what a package means. It means cocaine. Um, so we're in a mall walking around. One of those uh, Scottsdale malls or something like that. The first time I saw protesters against Obamacare. Didn't know what it, didn't know what it meant. Like, why could you be against universal health care? And then my friends Brent Weinbach, who were like, were like, uh, yeah, I, I can't afford healthcare, and now I have to, or I get billed another five hundred dollars. I go, no, it's not. A, it's not. A, they don't bill you. It's a tax break if you do sign up for it. Like, no, no, they raise your taxes and then give you the break if you sign up for it. That's not. So the people who can't afford insurance now have to get insurance. And I, I when I when I heard that from Weinbach, I was like, oh, these people made a decision. Free Americans made a decision. Like, I can't afford healthcare. It's it's unaffordable to me. I, I can't. I can't make I can't pay my bills. 
So how can he afford baby food if you know if he has to pay this extra bill? So he ch- chooses on his own as a free person. It's not like car insurance where you're going to hurt others and you have to be able to pay them. It's just for yourself. Um, I'll choose to take the risk because I can't afford it. So now the government says, well, now you have to. We're like, well, can you reform the healthcare system so we actually don't have to pay all this crazy amount of money? Like, no, but we just make everyone sign up for it. And then we, we pay for a few poor people, a few very poor people, not just poor people can't afford it. Very poor people who can't afford it. Anyway, we're walking around this mall. Saw this protest. We had good times on the road walking around. And uh, we're in a mall, you know, stopped by tons of different stores, uh, Gap, uh, computer stores, and whatever. We're walking around. And then Joe just goes, here. I'm like, what is this? He goes, it's a new Microsoft Office disk. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're kicking me off my thing. I'm like, this is like $250, man. He goes, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I, we can't both use it at the same time. So here. <laughs> can you imagine a headliner doing that i i wouldn't do it i wouldn't do i'm not making the same money as rogan was making then so i can't like afford to but like just a nice i mean just just cool man just fucking cool um anyway that's the episode i hope you guys enjoyed it i hope you learned a little something about bar mitzvahs I think it was a good idea. Do you like the little guys I had under a full full interview? It's almost like this extra like last detail. That's that interview that I had with him on a different thing. If I was let's say I was talking to uh, to Alex Edelman or something about bar mitzvahs, some like somebody who was raised Orthodox, and we actually had a thing about bar mitzvahs. That interview I you just heard with me and my cousin, my nephew. That'd be like I would go intro, you know, like ten minute intro, whole two hour podcast with Edelman, and then ten minute outro. Um, or like song, 10 minute outro, uh, outro song. And then it'd be like, Oh, extra detail. Here's something with my nephew from Skype, you know? Um, so why not just make it a whole, whatever, fuck it. If you're still here, you enjoyed it. Um, so that's it, everybody. Please don't forget. See me, San Francisco, Madison, Wisconsin, Appleton, Wisconsin, Austin, Texas, Baltimore, Salt Lake City, Oklahoma. I forgot Oklahoma, the Cherokee Casino, May 7th. Um, with Nick Mullen is opening for me there. So that'll be cool. Um, yeah, that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, Ari Shafir, Skeptic Tank. Don't forget to set your DVRs for this week's episode, you guys. If this is not happening, don't forget. And then watch it. 12.30 a.m. Tuesday night after at midnight. Um. Oh yeah, and also Meundies. Thanks a lot. Uh, what was the what was the website for that? Meundies. Well, com slash Ari. Thank you, Meundies. M e u n d i e s slash Ari. Thank you. For sponsoring not only this podcast, but for absolutely saving the day with your free samples for the bar mitzvah. I mean, I would not have had nearly as good a time if I had to shake my dick off every time I peed fucking for 10 straight minutes to make sure there's no drippage. So thank you, MeUndies, for the free samples and for sponsoring this podcast. MeUndies.com slash Ari. Ladies and gentlemen, Ari Shafir Skeptic Tank. 
I'm walking now too. I'm walking around. I got the cast off, the boot off on, on Thursday. It still hurts a little bit, but fucking doing it. I'm doing it. I like seeing my nephews and nieces. If they're not being fucking cunts, I like seeing little kids. If they're being cute and having fun. My, my, my nephew too, Asher, he's got a real good sense of humor. He loves to laugh and he's got a real good sense of humor. I was busting my sister's balls, his, his, uh, his, uh, his mom. He couldn't even wrap his head around it. He's never seen ball busting, I don't think. My sister came down from a nap on, on Shabbat afternoon. Everybody naps. Day of rest, you know? And um, I was tired. I was going off five hours of sleep. I had to wake up at 10 a.m. I know there's a thousand people listening now going, that's not early, Ari. Um, so she comes down from her nap in sweatpants. You know, her nap clothes, sweatpants, T-shirt, fucking eye makeup from synagogue. So it's just, she looks like a fucking raccoon or something. And I was like, I said something about the makeup, and then he la- he laughed when I said something, and she was like, whatever, I didn't take it off. I was like, you look like the Joker. And then he was like, wait, what? <laughs> he didn't know you could buzz balls like that. I mean, he like just about fell off his chair. Those kids are fun. It's fun to fuck with them and stuff. And my little niece, the littlest one. No, there's a little, littler one. That I hadn't met yet. A year and a half I hadn't seen him. He's a year and a half old. I saw her when she was fucking pregnant last time. She made this awesome painting. This weird cool art thing. I mean it was cool. And she's like six. And I was like hey Mia. You know that painting you have? With the crayon? She goes no I don't know. What is that? I was like there's this thing. And she, I showed it to her. And she, it was off in the corner somewhere. Like on the ground inside like a thing of like newspapers or magazines I mean. One of those bins. And I was like. I, I think it's amazing because well thank you and I was like can I have it for my apartment I, it, it could really and I mean seriously not I didn't want to put it up because it was my niece making it I'm not one of those guys I mean I wanted to put it up because I liked the way it looked and I was like I would love to put this up on my wall I mean if if, if you told me it came from an art store or an artist made it that I knew like an, I would like yeah I would love that and I was like, can I put that on my wall? And then I like the idea also of going, uh, when people go, oh, I love that. Who is it? I'm like, my fucking five-year-old niece. Who, by the way, can do more push-ups than me. Like, it's not close. And I know what you're saying. Her form is good. Her form is good. Not great. The butt comes up a little, but not very high. I mean, it's about like a 10-degree angle. It's not like a 45-degree angle like a lot of people do. It's as good as form as I was having. And she beat me fucking 11 to 3. Um. So I was like, I'd love to put it on my wall. No. Wait, what? No, you can't have it. Oh, come on, you're not even doing anything with it. No. And then walks away. Fucking heartless. But whatever, it's still fun. So that's it. Oh my God, this outro is going long now too. I'm back in New York, you guys. I'm excited to be back. Now I can walk around the city. Spring is coming. It's not here yet. It's still a good two weeks away. I don't think we've done cleavage day yet. We still have fucking cold. Even if we had it, I think we got another chance because it's been, you know, it got snowed. Wet snow early Saturday. So Cleavage Day is still coming. I hope I don't miss it when I'm in Austin. Oh, fuck. I'm gone so many straight weeks. I'm going to miss Cleavage Day. I'm going to miss Cleavage Day. Do I have three straight weekends on the road? It's usually on a weekend. It's usually on a weekend. Yeah. Austin this week at Moon Tower. I'll be there Friday, Saturday. Come back Sunday, but uh, I 
unless I come back early, then the next weekend is, is Madison and, and Appleton. And then the next weekend is is um, Utah and, and, and fucking Oklahoma. Oh, and then the weekend after that is San Francisco Punchline. And then the weekend after that, I'm doing my opens for this not having the next season. And the weekend after that is fucking Baltimore. I'm gone a lot. Oh, I'm getting the special in order. That's what it is. And then I'm back in time for Governor's Ball. Oh, I'm for sure missing. I'm for sure missing Cleavage Day. My only chance is that fuck that it happens on a weekday. I think it's a weekend situation, but it could be week weekday. I missed it last year. Maybe maybe it'll be weekday. I'll go out. It's New York. It's New York. There's so many people not working. There's so many people walking the streets all the time. So you know what? It could be a weekday too. That's what Diaz told me when I did my special here, passive aggressive. Um. I was like, I'm going to film the weekend between Christmas and New Year's. Is that a bad week? There's no bad weeks in New York. Manhattan, there's no off weeks. Popping off all the time. It's great to be back. I feed off so much energy. Whatever. I'm getting sidetracked. Ladies and gentlemen, Ari Shapiro Skeptic Tank, episode 261. You're a man now with my nephew, Asher. Over and out. I got all the answers to your questions. I'll be the teacher. You could be the lesson. I'll be the preacher, you be the confession I'll be the quick relief to while you're stressing It's a thin line between love and hate Is you really real or is you really fake? Got my soul 